There's something really curious about this broadcast. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, and we have main engine start. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and liftoff. This is TGP nominal. Extra. All systems remain nominal, 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 nominal. Hello everybody and welcome to TGP Nominal Extra, your monthly look at all things science fact and science fiction. Well, it's May, that means we've got another Sky Guy coming, but uh, it's been quite an eventful April, especially for a certain person who's on the other fader. Ross Hockham, how are you doing? Tired. (laughs) (laughs) Very tired, but it's all worth it. Yeah, astronomy in April was quite an event. And yeah, I think we ended up getting about, what, 25 talks, something like that? Yeah. For the whole month. So yeah, I've, I've done, I know how Mark feels now, cutting and pasting and doing podcasting. <laughs> so I feel your pain now, Mark. But it was great that other people were involved as well. I mean, we've got Will, who normally does live stuff with you anyway. Janelle has done a couple of things in the past with you, and it was great to see her come on board. And I'm grateful for Janelle coming on board for the... 60 years and beyond event obviously you had uh, little Aston did his uh, talk which was awesome and a lot of other special guests that were involved in the whole thing as well and, and, and your good self I have to mention the Parks Trust as well they jumped in and helped us and actually donated to it as well so they gave us some money so that we can do more in the future Aylesbury Town Council as well they donated some money to us to help us do more for like Zoom licensings and things like that and Twice Brewed as well that's where Will kind of stays and does his talks and he does loads of you know going out and going stargazing there so he does events up there they jumped in they even gave us a lunar beer that you can grab if you want to if you go on their website and they did that especially for us because Janelle did an Oreo moon sort of experiment didn't she the phases using Oreos so yeah it was, it was amazing I, I thought it would just be you know a couple of talks maybe me and Will do them and you know Will does it all the time he's brilliant at it I do talks but I've never really done my own sat recording on a computer so for me it was all brand new and yeah to have that amount and all these people jumping in and helping all for free as well for everyone absolutely amazing really made me proud I kind of mentioned it on my previous podcast that when we were setting up for the Yuri's Night UK event sat there watching part of the Yuri's Night Moscow event that was going out live just before ours couldn't understand a word of it but (laughs) it felt really good knowing that they're doing theirs followed by ours and then a couple of hours or so later well about four or five hours later the American one was going to be going on our little thing was all part of this huge global event that was going on and it really did feel good to be part of the whole thing yeah I mean I know you've, you've spoken about it with me almost every year you've always wanted to do Yuri you're always up for it you always want to do things for it and do a podcast and that yeah. you suddenly go oh actually I'm a part of this now this is mad this is cool a few years ago when I was doing started doing the podcasts for Yuri's Night I got this little handwritten note from Loretta Whitesides the founder of Yuri's Night saying you know thank you for all your support and I thought well I haven't really done anything and now it just feels like it's something I need to do yeah bring on next year eh yeah definitely bigger or better maybe not as many talks to the festival because it would probably kill me (laughs) well next year we can probably do some live stuff anyway hopefully I could do a load of start doing pre-recorded now so that I won't be doing it all (laughs) in like a month that is the beauty of editing (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> it's good fun. I, I enjoyed it. It was brilliant. I'm looking forward to doing it again. I'm definitely going to do more videos and pre-recorded things and stuff. Thanks to you, I've got a proper mic and headset and stuff like that. So I sound a little bit more professional. You was having trouble because you wasn't hearing what was going on. And I sat there with you and I thought, logically, how do we do this? And we sussed it in the end. <laughs> teamwork, isn't it? Just like the whole festival, everything we do, teamwork. Everyone helps each other. While you're doing a talk, I was sat in the background, wasn't I? Not talking and ensuring that questions were getting answered or my wife was sat there making sure she was sharing it everywhere. So everyone kind of worked together. And if there are any issues, we don't want the person who's talking to worry about the issues. It should be, right, I'm sat here. That's not working. I need to sort this out. <laughs> so then the person who's actually doing it doesn't have that moment of panic of, oh, hang on, this isn't working. I actually turned my mic off whilst uh, the video was being played in of Loretta and then I forgot to turn my mic back on again. I thought, well, that is a great start. But then I've seen, you know, professional presenters on television and things when they're doing these Zoom talks and stuff. They've all done it. So yeah, it makes you human, doesn't it? it? Makes people like you more because they're like, ah, he is human. As long as you laugh about it and take the mickey out of yourself, that's what I always do. That's it. And that's the one thing we need to point out that there is a playlist now on the uh, UK Astronomy YouTube channel with all of the videos bar one. <laughs> yeah. The only one that's not on there is my token talk, which I take to schools and things like that. So that's my own private little copyright <laughs> baby. So that one I we did and then we had to take it off but there's tons on there there's loads on there we're going to add to it more we can I mean before the festival there was one I think and that was just Who's UK Astronomy just me going hi I'm Ross this is how it started but now there's everything all the planets are on there the sun there's all stuff about the guides there's dark skies there's astrophotography for beginners it looks really cool now it's kind of bumped the YouTube channel up and don't forget if you go to the TGP nominal YouTube channel there's the video that I put together about Yuri Gagarin's life and it's the first video we've actually made for the TGP Nominal YouTube channel. So check that out as well. Right, so I think we should take a short break there and then when we come back, it's time for May Skies. Third Rock Radio, America's space station. Its ongoing mission, explore new worlds of music. Tell the story of those who fly, build and dream. Rock Radio from Space. Streaming live from thirdrockradio.net. We are, by nature, explorers. The same curiosity that sends us to the stars at the speed of thought urges us to go there in reality. Whenever we make a great new leap, we elevate humanity, bring people and nations together, usher new discoveries, and new technologies. So remember to look up at the stars and not down at your feet. This is TGP Nominal. 
Welcome back to TGP Nominal Extra. This time of year, it's a funny time of year for looking at the sky because it's starting to get lighter longer. So the days are longer, so you don't have as much dark skies. But there's always something to look for, even in the daytime. That's one of the reasons why Ross is here, so he can go through that kind of stuff with you. So what do you got for us in May, Ross? May, as you said... Now the skies are bad for astronomy, really, probably from now to about October. You know, you can still go out and see planets and things. Unfortunately, not many are up at the moment either, so that's even worse for us. But there's always something you can see. You can always see something. At the moment, which I've chosen to be the naked eye object of the month, it's more two objects, is Mercury and Venus. So the two closest planets to the sun are the things to watch this month. We're also going to go through the moon because I'm going to see the moon travel back through the night because it's actually going near quite a few objects each night as it goes along and passes in the sky. So that's something we're going to do as well. So Mercury and Venus, they're up in the evening sky now. Mercury will be swinging up from the sun, up and around and then back towards it over the month. So it moves quite quickly in the month, as you know, it does about 88 days to go once around the sun. So it moves quickly in our skies. So it's going to be rising through the month. So at the beginning, you might not be able to see it, but it will be going up and up and up and up and up. Venus is also going to be gradually rising. It's going to rise up past almost Mercury's orbital line and they're going to close in for a nice conjunction with it in the moon later in the month. But the real month thing for me is the moon. We're going to have a look at the moon, not actually look at the details on the moon because I think we've done that one before. We're actually just going to watch the moon, its phases, and how it travels across the sky each night encountering various objects as it goes and almost having like little conjunctions with them. This is going to be my binocular object of the month. So naked eye, look for Mercury and Venus in the evening sky. I will be talking in a minute about where they are each day and how you can see them. And then follow the moon as it travels through the sky. As we did just talk about the Astronomy in April show, Janelle Harrier-Wilson, who's our NASA Solar System Ambassador, did a cool experiment, really cool experiment, using Oreo cookies. Now, she doesn't actually like Oreo cookies, <laughs> I found out, and neither do I. But I did make a cup of tea and do what she did. It's brilliant. You get the Oreos, you take, you twist them off sort of thing, and then you use the white what, icing inside. You kind of scrape it away to make the moon phases on the Oreo. And that's really cool. So it's on the YouTube channel. And on there, she says there's a moon journal. So you can also make the phases each night using Oreos that you see the moon as. And we've got a NASA moon journal. Print it off. It's just a PDF. And each night, pop out, and you can color in as well. If you haven't got Oreos or you don't like Oreos, you can colour it in. So throughout the month, it's going to be kind of like looking at the moon phases and Janelle talking about the moon, which is cool. Actually, I remember there used to be a commercial on TV or advert yes, yes. on TV that was uh, for Jaffa Cakes. What accent did she have? Because she, she had a really good accent, didn't she? She was just like, full moon, half moon, total eclipse. Eastern European or something. Yeah, it really got in your head though, didn't it? I remember everyone <laughs> used to go around doing it. Maybe we get Janelle to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, does she like Jaffa cakes? I don't know, I have to find out. That could be our next experiment. <laughs> right, so on to the month then. So the first of the month, if you find Mercury, it will be just as the sun sets, it'll be around there. It'll be quite low. Be careful not to look at the sun. We talk about this all the time. Never look at the sun. So Mercury will be there. If you can find it, it's sort of like to the west-ish around there. There'll be a little white dot. Find it with a telescope. And as it goes around in between us, you can see its phases, which is quite cool. So it's going to be 80% full and will slowly wane through the month. So that's on the first if you manage to find it. It will be quite low though, so it's a little challenge for you. You move on to the fourth. This morning's about 4.30am moon. 
so it is an early one I'm afraid. It is joined on the low horizon by the planets Saturn and Jupiter. So they've moved from the evening sky and they're now coming up into the morning sky. So you will be able to see Saturn, Jupiter and the moon making a kind of nice triangular conjunction there. But you will have to get up early so get the coffee on ready. And if we go to the 10th now and we pop back to Mercury, it will be higher in the sky so you should be able to find it slightly easier and you'll see if you use a telescope on it it's now a sort of around about a half phase so from the first to the tenth it's already gone 80 percent to half so you can see how the phases of mercury move really really quickly and change then on the 13th mercury will be joined by a thin crescent moon in the evening sky as the sun sets i always like the moon when it's like this i don't know why because it's almost like a yellowy sky as the sun sets already and it always looks like something out of a sci-fi film. You have this really cool, tiny little crescent, just a little sliver of white. And then you'll have the small Mercury just around about the two o'clock mark compared to the moon. So this will be a good time if you haven't seen Mercury. Use that small sliver of the moon to kind of figure out where it is and spot where it is. And it'll just be about two o'clock-ish up top right. Venus will be further below to the right. It will be very low on the horizon, but you may be able to make out these three making another cool little conjunction. So you've gone from the morning one to an evening one. To go to the next day, the 14th, there's going to be a really nice diagonal conjunction created by the moon again. It'll be a nice crescent, Mercury and then Venus. So there'll be a very sort of thin line of all three of them if you drew a line between them. Venus is usually quite bright. You should be able to see the moon and Mercury will be kind of in between them. So that's another good time to spot it and try and find it. And it's almost like an imaginary line pointing from the moon, Mercury, Venus to the sun. Never look at the sun. We move to next day, the 15th, and got a waxing moon now, and it's approaching Mars, slowly moving closer to it through the night. So as you watch it through the night, you'll see a little red Mars there, and now you can see how the moon is moving sort of to the left in the sky up towards Mars, before disappearing below the horizon around about midnight. So you don't have to stay up too late to see that one. That's Mars and the moon. Then the next night, the moon would have then passed Mars. So you'll be able to see where it was before and where it was after. And Mars will just kind of be on its right hand side now and the moon's going to kind of skim through Gemini which is a constellation looks like two twins and it's going to be just below the star Pollux and if you take a closer look at the other twin's head which is a star called Castor you may spot that that star is actually a double so get your telescope on Castor you should make out both of them there it's quite a cool thing to see. There's going to be a really nice pass of the uh, International Space Station this night as well on the 16th so from here onwards it's going to be in our skies uh, it does pass slightly earlier each month, so at the moment on this date it's going to be around about 11.30pm, so that is quite late, but it'll be a really nice high pass of the space station going up and over. There'll be another one again around about 1am, if you're up at 1am, fantastic, you can see it. If not, don't worry, because it's pretty much every night now, because it's back in our skies for the month. Best thing to do is you can get an ISS app on your phone, or you can see the timings online, just pop it into Google, it'll tell you when they're all coming up. I'll put some into our Facebook group, I'm sure if I find some more, Mark will put them on the notes for this as well. They're all going to be around 10, 11 o'clock, so sort of in between these two times, there'll be one around that time at some point getting earlier and earlier. So look out throughout the month, you see a big white light flying across the sky, that's the space station. Comic-Cons and gaming. 
Right, we move on to the 17th and we go back to Mercury. Tonight it reaches its greatest elongation. So this is the highest point and furthest point from the sun. The best time to try and find it because it'll be furthest away before it starts moving back towards the sun. So the 17th is a great time to go and have a look and see if you can spot it if you didn't. It's quite elusive as we know because it's close to the sun. If you look at your telescope, you'll then notice that it's now kind of gone past its half phase and it's starting to sort of wane away. So it's probably the best point to have a look and see it. On to the next day, the 18th, back to the moon. And this time it's gone across the sky some more and it's approaching Cancer, the crab. That's a constellation. It's pretty much just like an X really, but I'm not sure how it makes a crab. I'm guessing two legs and two claws up in the air. But right in the middle of it is an awesome cluster that we always talk about. It's called the Beehive or Presepi. Brilliant to see through binoculars. So while you're there using your binoculars to look at the moon phase and maybe do your Oreo or color in the uh, journal, have a look at this cool sort of cluster there. It might be better in a few more days when the moon's kind of moved away from it because it washes it out a bit, but it gives you a chance to find out where it is and you'll see it right there next to the moon. So the next night, the moon is now sort of near its half moon phase and it's ventured from Cancer into Leo the Lion and it's gonna sit right near the star Regulus. So it's a really nice bright blue star and it's gonna be just above Regulus. So you can get to see the moon and this really cool blue star in Leo. So the next night on the 20th, the moon's gonna be up from about 1 p.m. So it should be visible most of the day in our skies. So it's something you can see during the day. The moon is there sometimes. You can look at it with binoculars and the things, just don't look at the sun as always, but it should be on the opposite side, should be fine. See some features, you won't see it as well as at night, but it's still quite cool to see with a blue sort of haze around it from our sky. Later on, it's gonna be sitting just below what's known as the Leo triplet of galaxies probably won't be able to make them out because the moon's close to them and might wash them out but it shows you where they are once the moon's moved a bit have a look they're cool they're really cool galaxies there's like three of them they all look different some are straight on so you can see them some are on their side so leo triplet i like these galaxies they're really good you're gonna need a telescope i'd say to probably see them you should be able to see them from sort of like where i am milton Keynes. not too light polluted darker skies will be better but yeah see if you can go out and have a look at them if not pop out to a field somewhere, take your telescope and see what you can find. So we move on to the 22nd and the moon has now moved again through Leo into Virgo, where again, it's gonna sit just above a super cluster of galaxies known as the Virgo supercluster. There are loads of galaxies in Virgo. There's tons all around it. And again, you will probably have to wait till the moon moves out of the way, but it shows you whereabouts they are. You're gonna need a clear, decent sky to spot them, really. There's a lovely chain here of eight galaxies called Macarian's Chain. This is gonna be my telescope object of the month. So once the moon's moved out of the way, see if you can find this chain of eight galaxies. Now they're all part of a cluster that includes our own galaxy and it's the Milky Way's part of this huge like Virgo super cluster of galaxies. And when you view through a scope and have a look there, there's almost like a smooth sort of rising line of galaxies going up and to the left. So it's really cool. So you can get to see three in Leo and then go here and look around Virgo. You'll probably see more because as you said, if you look in Stellarium, get the app for that or get it free on your laptop, click on that for the deep sky button and you'll just suddenly see all these galaxies appear. Some are quite faint, but there are loads there. It's a real cool place to have a little you know, scope through, as I say. You never know what galaxies you're gonna find. I think there's one called the Needle Galaxy and all sorts. So just have a little look around there of your telescope, really cool. Right, moving on to the 24th, north of the moon tonight. 
is something called M5, which is just a uh, designated number sort of thing for it by Messier, who was a French guy, I believe, who studied the skies and made a list of all the things that he didn't want to look at because he was hunting for comets. He didn't want to mistake them for them. So M5 is a really nice globular cluster that you will be able to spot with binoculars, hopefully, in a steady hand. Again, there's a near-full moon near it, so it's probably best to wait a few days, but there's no harm in having a go. You can see these things. And it will look like almost like a spider web at first, I'd say, because there's one in Hercules as well, which is really cool. And if you use averted vision, you can then make out thousands of stars in this globular cluster. And averted vision is where don't look straight at the object, look just slightly to one side, and your eye will pick up slightly more light for some reason. It's how we work. And you can see a bit more. It's a bit weird when you first do it. You kind of go... I'm not sure about this, but once you get used to it, it works really well. You can see some really cool stuff. So moving on to the 25th, last chance to get a Peter Mercury really, because it's now going to be a very thin crescent for a telescope. So now on the 25th, you'll see that it's already got to a thin crescent like the moon was at the beginning. Just be careful whenever to look at the sun, as always. So through the month, you'll see all the phases of Mercury as it goes back towards the sun. 26th, watch for tonight's supermoon. So it is actually a supermoon. This one's going to be slightly bigger just because the moon does have a slight wobble in its orbit so it moves slightly away from us and slightly closer to us. This one happens to be slightly closer in its orbit when there's a full moon. So that's why they call it a supermoon. So when it's rising up above the horizon it's going to look really cool. So it'll be a nice big moon for you to look at. Uh, later on as it gets darker and the moon's up more it's going to just sort of skim over the constellation Scorpius and there's another couple of really cool clusters there M4 and M80 two blobs of stars just below the moon they're really nice to see they don't get very high because this, this constellation doesn't really get high in the sky we move on to the 29th early morning on this date the moon is going to pass Sagittarius and this is where the core of our galaxy lies so the actual center of the Milky Way this is going to be low on the horizon and it never really peaks up that much but you can actually look and see there you won't see the super massive black hole that's in the center of our galaxy because it's black and it's going to be covered with tons of dust and we're all slowly getting pulled around the galaxy towards and into it. Some things get thrown away for them now from what I've heard. So you can actually see the center of our galaxy there and it will just be loads of stars and gas and stuff especially if you've got a really dark sky but it will be quite low so you're looking for a lot of atmosphere but just have a look in that direction and just think wow that's mad right there is the center of our galaxy. There's a Milky Way arm that we can see in the sky is quite low at this time of year so it's like a very low arch and then later in the year it'll be right up across the sky above us and last but not least the 31st and this is the last stop for the moon and it's going to go back towards saturn so you're going to have the moon and saturn both will be very low on the horizon and they'll be rising about 2 a.m until the sun rises so in the morning you might get a last little glimpse to see the moon and saturn together jupiter's probably there as well because i believe it's coming up in the morning and yeah that's may so Go out, grab your journals, colour it in and see what the moon does and how its phases change and where it moves in the sky and then hopefully maybe you'll be able to plot where these other things are as the moon moves and go back and have a look at them when it's out of the way. So Ross, I normally ask at this point, have you got anything coming up? Sleep. <laughs> Rest and relaxation maybe. Well, we're allowed to go out and do uh, a little bit of astronomy but I think you can only have sort of six people at the moment, something like that outside. And to be honest, I don't think it's really for us worth the risk. So I'll probably be going out and doing some astronomy, giving the van a run and doing bits and bobs like that. Got a few talks online, so you'll be surprised to hear. But these are actual, a few brownies and cubs and that who have contacted us. So I've actually got some actual proper talks because I put a hold on it through April because I was so busy sorting everything out. that I thought, right, I'm not going to have any talks. 
But other than that, UK Astronomy has a lottery page. I believe it's Buckinghamshire Lottery. And it's where you can support local causes and also be in the chance to win some prizes, I hear. Apparently of up to about £25,000. So that would be nice. The sort of terms and conditions are 50% of all the tickets sold from our page go to us. So it goes to UK Astronomy, which obviously isn't me and my wife because we don't take any money from it at all. It all goes back into the charity. Plus 10% goes to other local causes as well. So 60% of it goes to good causes. I think the tickets are only about a pound a week and it just helps support us and you get the chance to win prizes for a pound a week. So, you know, what more could you want? You're helping us, local causes, and you could win 25 grand and pay off a bit of your mortgage or something. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spamheadproductions.weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. So, Ross, it's always good to have you on the show, even though I didn't think you'd make it this time because you've been doing so much. Uh, I'm always here for you, Mark. You know that. Well, you always know that if you couldn't make it, we might have a substitute. <laughs> find a way. When there's, when there's a way, there's a will. Or when there's a will, there's a way, well, isn't well, it? When, when there's a will, there's a way, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not too sure what we're going to be doing this month for the podcast. I need to speak to John about that, but hopefully we will have another show coming out before the end of the month. So keep an ear and an eye on that, or as we should be saying, watch this space. (laughs) Once again, thanks for listening. Stay safe out there, and we'll speak to you all again real soon. I wish you clear skies, guys, and remember, there's a billion worlds in your back garden. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of TGP Nominal. If you want to get in touch with us, then send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com, where your input is our output. Or click the social media icons at the top left of the page over at tgpnominal.weebly.com. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest in movies and home theater for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. Station, this is Houston ACR. Thank you. That concludes the event.